All right. Who doesn't like to talk about sex? Even though people say, you know, things are not appropriate, everybody wants to talk about it. And here we have filmmaker Alex Liu, who made this really great and important uh, documentary, Sexplanation, you know, just taking all those shameful things out and putting it on the table and talking about why it's shameful and just all the little things about sex. So welcome to K2H, Alex. Do you hear me? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. So I've been really looking forward to this topic because I used to have a talk show in Hong Kong and uh, it was always all about sex. And oh. it was obviously from Asian perspective is very taboo, right? Like nobody talks yeah. about it because it's shameful. It's private right. and it's inappropriate for Asians to talk about sex for some mm -hmm. reason. Now <laughs> you being Asian and being gay and uh -huh. being just um, outright vocal, you know, you're an activist really in your sense about um, dismantling these kind of shameful topics. Uh, I mm -hmm. really look forward to talking to you about this, but let me give everybody a little scoop of your background. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. Great. Alrighty. So Alex Liu here uh, works, his work explores taboo topics, as I said, on sex and drugs in order to broaden our understanding of science, morality, and how to negotiate a meaningful life. He's developed two award-winning YouTube channels focused on sex, drugs, education, totaling over 5 million views. And after studying molecular toxicology, whoa, at UC Berkeley and science, health, and environmental reporting at NYU, he produced video, radio, and print content for Nova Science Now, CNN Health, and San Francisco NPR station KQED. Wow, pretty hefty bio there. So welcome again, Alex. Great to talk oh, to you. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, it's, it's just a pleasure and honor. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about sex. Um, yes you know, you said it yourself. It's like, it's shocking how um, archaic our sex education system is in this country. Yeah, and I wouldn't even call it really a sex education. It's more pregnancy and disease education. And for most people, pregnancy and disease is a very, very, very tiny, tiny, tiny part of, of, of the totality of what sex provides someone for their health, their happiness, their well-being. Uh, and so I think the, the main thing that I kind of want people to be left with is the idea of like that what you've been told, what you've been you know, taught about sex is, is really not even, you know, the tip of the iceberg. It, it's it's that, that sex is something that is that we should honor. It is it is one of the, the best, most pinnacle experiences of human connection and relationships. You know, the the, the relationships you will remember on your deathbed are going to be your sexual relationships. You know, it's, it's important. Uh, and, I, and I just think that, I, I, don't, I think it's very hard for anyone to disagree with about that. And, and I think that when we talk about sex education, we should be talking about all the many reasons why people have sex, mainly because it's fun, mainly because it's, it helps reinforce bond and intimacy. It's good for you. It's ultimately a good thing, but it is hard and complicated and, and, and difficult to talk about. And to get it right takes time and practice and, and, and education. So, so, you know, I'm really hoping that the movie can help people understand that that um, we should reframe sex education, not as like preventing all the worst things that can happen, but maximizing all the best things that can. Right. And what does that mean by maximizing all the best stuff? I mean, just think about the best sexual interactions you've had in your life. You know, for me, I know the best sex I've ever had in my life 
I constantly think about these people, what they mean to me. Uh, you know, even if these people aren't in my life anymore, that what they taught me about who I am, what they taught me about who I could be, you know, it's, it's something that sex and sexuality is, is such a core fundamental part of who you are yeah. from the way you wear your hair, the, the clothes you wear, your gender identity, uh, the way you interact with other people, you know, it's, it's such an important part of being a human being. Uh, the fact that we're scared of it, that, that it's taboo, that, that we're, you know, for, for many of us, myself included, I was more comfortable having sex, bad sex, let, let, let's be honest. Okay, wait, what's but, that, bad sex? Define bad sex. You know, I, I think it's, it's where, because the only, because I didn't have good sex education, pornography was the only place, especially right. for gay men, pornography was the only place where I ever saw like these types of sexual interactions, men having sex with men being legitimized, right? Like meaning and, very and, performative, uh, that type of? Yeah, yeah. so it, it was great in that sense, but it is a performance, it's a fantasy, you know? And I think, you know, just like we don't watch, you know, the Batman and then think we should all be vigilante crime fighters, we shouldn't watch porn and think that that should be an, yes. a, 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 an, an accurate, sexual it, it's a performance it yeah. is meant to arouse and titillate but it is not how a actual it's sexual action goes right right, <laughs> right. And, and i think from the very court it's just the communication aspect you never see in porn being like does that feel okay oh that hurts stop please we gotta need a break you know right. the things yeah. that just very basic things communication that, that can make a good sex a, a good or bad one yeah uh, it took me a decade to understand that like no actually this is a back and forth playful interaction in which it's constantly communicating what feels good, what doesn't feel good, you know, taking breaks for laughter and water. Exactly. I was you just going to say, <laughs> yeah. you've got these awkward moments, they've got weird noises coming out, or yeah. sometimes it doesn't work the way it's not functioning when you want it to, right. or like, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and, and making and understanding that's all part of the process, right? That it's that if you take the time instead of, you know, I think is very, very common for most people, especially when you're young, to be constantly worried about like, am I doing a good job? Am I look looking good? Is this, is this right for the other person? In a way, being very open about like the the and taking claim to the desires you have, the 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 things that you want. Uh, you know, it's it's this interplay of being selfish and selfless. It's like this this very complicated yeah. dance. Yeah. Um, and that, and that, and, and the very fundamental core of that is communication, that the base of that is communication. And so, and that's a really difficult, you know, to, to communicate your feelings is very difficult, well, okay, so especially when I you're naked. Bring in the cultural aspect, because I don't know. I mean, it seems like in the video, your parents are pretty open-minded and they're more Americanized. So you don't really have that kind of awkwardness, but mm -hmm. when you bring culture into the conversation about sexual communication, you know, there are lots of societies that don't encourage talk. You don't talk, totally. you just do it in the, God forbid you even turn on the lights, right? right. <laughs> Some people don't even take the clothes off. It's like, yeah. you don't know what's going on down there. You just kind of like insert done and then that's it. Totally. And there's so lack of um, education really yeah. on yeah. this. So yeah. how does how much does culture um, you know play in in your mind? Oh, I I think it you know it's it's almost impossible to divorce one's sexual values from one's culture, right? I, I think in many ways, just like sexuality is core to a to a human being, uh, the sexual values are kind of define what a culture is. Because ultimately, I think hmm. you know when it comes to reproduction, when it comes to the property, when it comes to all these big things that societies are built off of. Sex is at the core of that. You know, sex is the thing that can mess all that up. Yeah, so it's so, really interesting way of saying it. Yeah. So I think it makes sense 
to keep us quiet. It makes sense that it's nothing we talk about because the more we actually talk about it, uh, the more it becomes like something we own in our and becomes powerful rather than right. something we're powerless against. Yeah. And so I think, um, yeah, you know, and, and, and that's not to say I, and I think one thing that I think people, I, I sometimes miscommunicate is like, uh, I think it's totally fine to have sex be something that's very private. Like, I think if that's a cultural value or value you have that you don't want to talk about it in public, that it's a very private thing you do, that's fine. That's great. Right. Everyone's individual. Um, but to have shame around, masturbation to have shame around female pleasure to have shame around um you know all the wide diversity of what what sex can be um even if it's that's something you only share with one or two people yeah. that inherently is not shameful and there's a distinction and i think right. it's important that you that you have at least one or two people in your life who you are completely open and honest about about these yeah. things that's and the only way you can you can survive exactly and well because part of survival is the the um the need for pleasure and to be able to, uh, you know, gain that and yeah. speak to that. I, as I mentioned earlier that I had my talk show in Hong Kong, one of the stories, which was very striking to me, kind of said it all in terms of the cultural um, aspect that influences the way people have sex. Um, so um, there was this woman who called in and our topic was women on top. It was specifically okay. that position <laughs> that we're talking about. She called and it was a live uh, talk show. And she said she's been married for 10 years and she had never had a climax. Oh, wow. And after we talked about that and she realized that she could have that position to be a cop, <laughs> she's like, oh my God. <laughs> but so like, you know, back That's to so your thing, like, you know, there's so much ignorance around because we don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not trying to publicize everybody's sex life, but we need to learn from each other to some totally, totally. And I, I think that's, I mean, I think it's, it's the only way uh, we can move forward. And, and, and I want to be at least understanding of, of uh, the difficulty around this. I mean, I think, I think maybe a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, even maybe a hundred years ago, you know, um, although maybe it's getting worse now, but, but like pregnancy disease, those were much bigger issues, right? We didn't have birth control pill. We didn't have uh, understanding of disease and medicine. So, so yeah, I understand um, why that was such a big aspect of sex education, but things are changing now and they're very different. And, and I think um, the, the, to me, at least the course of human industry is, is, is helping all of us kind of achieve the true mental well-being that comes with safety, security, you know, yeah. love on all those things. And, and, and sex is just so fundamental to all those things. I right. think. So that, if it know. is fundamental and now we're saying that everything's kind of informed by media that really kind of, you know, puts everything in a certain way for us mm -hmm. to, to digest. If we pull away media, let's say if you never saw porn in your life, yeah. you never watched or read anything to do with ideas of how you can engage in certain mm -hmm. sexual positions or, you know, whatever, how do you think you would have, do you think your sense of pleasure might be different from how you might've informed yourself based on this? Yeah. Oh, totally. I, I think, I think, especially when it comes to my queerness, you know, I think that the media depictions in the eighties, nineties, you know, you know, queerness was, was, if, if it was discussed at all, it was around tragedy or sadness or straight up homophobia. You know, I think I'll always have shame around uh, bottoming, for example. I, I think that's something that that, okay, I, know, I don't know the difference in terms for like gay sex. Okay. <laughs> so if you're the re if you're the receptive partner in sex, okay, right? Okay, you know, I, I I think that that comes with a lot of shame for me because it was like seen as like I'm, I'm, 
feminine. It was misogynistic, but it's something that I think will always be a part of, of kind of my shame. And I, and I think if, if I had grown up on like a, a, a perfect desert Island where we, you know, masturbation, sort of things wouldn't be shameful to me in any way, you know, cause you right. wouldn't get that message. No, I'm judging you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, yeah. can you explain something to me though? Um, so if you are like, when you say bottoming, is it usually kind of like an informed role between partners or is it kind of reciprocal or does it all depend on the individual? It, it all depends on the person and the, and right. the situation. And I think, um, I mean, the one interesting thing I think about queer people, especially when it's same gender, yeah. um, you, you just have to have a lot more, just the, it forces you to have a lot more discussions about what's going to happen mm. and how, mm. um, which is, I think, you know, it's just, it just forces you to, because there's no necessarily set predetermined right. roles. Right. Um, and so that's been something that I think um, has been interesting when talking to my straight friends where um, they're not as comfortable to having some of these discussions around what they want and because they kind of, a, a lot of it is assumed. So I, so I think that's been right. a very interesting it's, aspect. It's a very heteronormative, black and right. white binary way of looking at things. And that's right. why I wanna say LGBTQ studies, gender studies is such an important way to open up our eyes into not seeing things as very clearly black and white. Like you don't have a fixed position. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the one thing, another thing I'm hoping people come away with the film with is like, we're all a little queer in some way, maybe yeah. some more than others, but there's something about like, like, I think we're so obsessed with the idea of being normal. And I get it, like being normal is like a core human need to feel like you belong. Um, but but I think that idea is not very useful when it comes to sex, because the only thing that's normal is that we're all different. You know, we all have a, that different thing that makes us a little atypical. Um, and that's something that I think um, I kind of want everyone to be able to explore because in exploring my atypical sexual desires, I found kind of the, the most transcendent life affirming experiences of my life, you know, so, so I think to, to have everyone to be able to experience something like that, where the thing you've always thought has made you weird or a freak or different or abnormal and have that validated in, yeah. in, a, in a sexual way. I mean, yeah. you, you, shame cannot exist in that moment. Yeah. No, no. And you redefine what shame is and you redefine what norm is because why should we, it's like racism. Why do we have to build our standards around whiteness? You know, right. <laughs> who, who dictated what was like the race to, you know, base around? I mean, it's yeah. so much crap out there. So, you know, gender's the same thing. It's like, there's so many things on the spectrum and how do we kind of, um, include the conversations with this in mind yeah. to define and talk about sex. So I love this. If people are just tuning in now, I'm talking to Alex Liu, the filmmaker of uh, Sexplanation, which just came out. And so let's take a quick break and we come back. If you don't mind, we can dig in. What I noticed in your film is that um, you didn't really explore much on the gay sex aspect. You actually, it was, it was more on the sex education, right? It was that intentional? Don't tell me yet. We'll come back. Okay. <laughs> So what was I, who did I left for this? People uh, tuning in. Um, here it is, Alex Liu here talking about his film, Sexplanation, and why you didn't talk about gay sex so much on the film. <laughs> I mean, it was a huge discussion. I, I think the, the opening reveal in which I, which, which I reveal that I'm gay, that was yeah. like a three month back and forth with me and my writers, producers. How do we do it? Should we do it? You know, I think at a certain point we realize we are telling my personal story, so we have to at some point. Yeah. Um, but but it's a fear. It's a total fear. You know, like I already was afraid enough about being like, will people even watch the film because I'm Asian American? Like to add the queer thing on top, like is that going to turn people off? 
Um, and, and ultimately we, we came around to like, yes, we have to be open and honest. We have to say who I am. Um, and, and, um, but, but frankly, we actually, the, 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 in making this film, we had to make so many brutal cuts and compromises. Of course. You know, we actually did end up, we ended up going to this amazing LGBTQ uh, 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 space and like deep in Mormon country in Utah, Ooh. how they're like helping people, helping bridge, you know, uh, you know, build bridges between the Mormon temple there and, and, and the queer kids there. Yeah. We spoke to some amazing queer kink, uh, educators, activists, researchers. Um, but as we were making the movie, we kind of realized, um, that we, as a culture, I, I think we're so far behind in just understanding and just even legitimizing that sex is a priority is is something that we should prioritize that sex is not something that's that's frivolous or 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 kind of like um not worth it or you know kind of kind of uh that that, that is something we should fight for um our understanding of sex really is so embryonic that to talk about the gay thing the kink thing queer thing trans we talked to amazing people in that space but it would require kind of its own documentary in and of itself. Well, maybe you should of, do like a mini series going forward and just that, that, that that's the that's the thought maybe because that we the, those were the cuts that were the hardest to make. But you know, kind of to explain the idea of queerness, the idea of trans, the idea of kink. You know, yeah. those cuts ended up being 20, 25 minutes long because you right. need the nuance. There's so much yeah. nuance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and in an, an 80 minute movie in which we're telling ultimately the story of me and my parents. Right. Um, that that we just kind of stuck to the very basics like the, as basic as possible right um but yeah that that is something i wish we had more time to cover well if you don't mind us entering that little conversation here let's talk about you and your yeah let's life. do it so wait okay so yeah. did you always know you were gay or did you ever have like identity kind of questioning phases i i think i think like i, I had a very common experience than most queer people where you kind of know something's different but you can't you can't really put your words to it you don't know what it is but then when you hit puberty it becomes like ultimately clear that you are more drawn to one type of body versus another right. um and i think especially when you have that uh, idea of hiv aids uh you know in the 80s and 90s was was that was like kind of the only discussion of gay men then you become very clear like, oh that is what i am you know I, i'm that so i think you know for for 13 to 17 i kind of just lived in abject terror kind of a, a very deep sense of of fear and loneliness um that ultimately you know i, I had to come out or or, or or i would have killed myself i think right. I, I think the silence the shame oh, um right. was just so isolating no one no one can survive that really without it doing major damage or trauma so i think um you know uh, i i had an amazing experience in coming out um i think you'll see in the film you know my parents are lovely people who are I really didn't need to be scared about but when no when, when they don't talk about it you know they never really talked about it and, and when other people don't talk about it you just don't know how it's gonna go you know? yeah yeah I love it that you can talk to your parents yeah. about it and hear them talk about their experience and it looks like they really enjoyed talking about it I tell you everybody right. talk about sex but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they deny it <laughs> like, right um, I think we needed the film like we almost needed like the veneer of this project of work to have this conversation that we ultimately really wanted to have and I'm just so lucky that we, we were able to yeah. have it yeah. yeah but you guys don't talk about sex as in like sex sexual like all the nitty-gritties of it do you like do you talk to your no no i i, I think we uh like we, bottoming and all that stuff <laughs> no they don't necessarily ask me i don't think it would necessarily be off the table but you know i, I think 
you know, I, you know, I think it's, it's hard in a parent child relationship. You know, it's, it's one of those very special relationships where, you know, you have to, boundaries need to constantly be set and reinforced yeah. and all that. But I think what it, what it's done is it, it kind of removed the last thing that we, we were not comfortable talking about. Right. I mean, there's always gonna be tension in every relationships, but right. there was this huge part of, of, of my life, especially that I just learned over time to just never talk about and pretend didn't existed. And the fact that that weight's been lifted, it just brings so much more levity to our relationship in all aspects. You know, I think we, you know, I, you, you know, we're never going to be like best friends, but I think we're more friends now than we've ever been. And is I we like see each other more seeing as them naked? Old people, like, is yeah. that the same thing? Is it like that? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, I, I mean, we're, we were like, uh, we were a naked family, you know, being nude in front of each other was not a huge issue. Um, oh, but I, I think good. it's being, I, I think being like, uh, emotionally naked has been very difficult yes, for us you know I, I think I being yeah being vulnerable yes, and actually that's... talking about these things has been you know it's, I think it's hard for every family most families I should say uh, no matter how progressive or liberal and yeah. and being able to 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 know that you know if I do have a question about what yeah. it's you know relationships sex right. all that stuff that they are people who I can turn to now and, and that that's just been such a great great yeah, unexpected no, occurrence from the film. Because, yeah yeah um, definitely very lucky yeah <laughs> I have a cousin who when he came out and told his parents the first thing his dad said in response was that he heard again again this is like your knowledge or whatever your preconceptions are his his most concern was that he um it's easier for gay men to have um what's the word incontinence <laughs> so it's like his brain was going all the way to like the well-being of his uh physical body when he thought right. about gay sex so it's interesting right like how people yeah. interpret what gayness means when it comes to yeah, and and the, the, all they have is little bits of myth and and right. kind of um, hearsay uh, when it, because we don't talk about these things. So I, can mean, you, I mean, can um, you dispel that? Can you talk to people who maybe have these weird <laughs> thoughts and talk about like, are there issues with anal sex? I, um, oh, oh, there are. I I think I think um, you, when you have two men, two men having sex, especially when it comes with anal sex, it comes. I mean, I mean, that's the other thing. I. You know, I, if someone had just told me very early in life, like, like just use a lot of lube that, that could have saved me tons <laughs> of tons and tons of, 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 of suffering. Um, but, but I think, you know, I think, um, there's, there's also a lot of misconceptions. I mean, I, 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 I even say in the film, one of the questions they asked one of the experts is I'm concerned about my anal elasticity and, and immediately they're saying like, that's not nothing you need to be concerned about. It's a muscle like any other. Uh, you know, if anything, regular use strengthens and, and, <laughs> you know, the, stretches the out the anus. And... Is the rec, was it called? The yeah. Rectum, right. The rectal muscle yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, probably, is that stronger than the vaginal muscle? I mean, not the, okay, so I, I don't, I don't know about part. that, but, but, you know, and, and I think, you know, just understanding that, like, um, you know, I, I do think, um, one of the things that has been very disheartening in, in getting into this is understanding how little medical, how little training most doctors get in med school mm -hmm. around sex and sexuality, and then like zero training about, you know, non straight heterosexual sex sexuality, um, to find the right, the right yeah. doctor who actually right. can understand what you your needs rather than a lot of doctors just think, you know, they see two, a gay man, and they think, okay, STDs, test them all the time, that's all they need. 
Um, but there's a lot of other issues you're always concerned about and thinking about and and, and ultimately, um, you know, it's 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 not that much different than than uh, than than heterosexual sex. You you just need a lot have more. You, loop, have, you had, have you ever had sex with a woman? I've I've never had sex with a woman. Wow. Okay. Uh, you know, but it's but it's it's interesting. You know, I think uh, and it's not something it? I'm just just to the heck just to try oh, it. Oh yeah, I I, I think that? in doing this in the process of this movie, I think, you know, I, I think. I even kind of pigeonholed myself very specifically into this box, right? You're either gay or straight, right? right. right? So You're you either this like or that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think we, I think it's so different now for Gen Z and, and younger. So true. Um, but I think, but I think, you know, growing up for safety, I just only was around gay men. You know, I, I never put myself in situations where, where the idea of, of hooking up with a woman would really arise, you know, but I think more and more, um, especially doing this movie, yeah. um, that, that I think of sex much more like a, 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 a playground, you know, it's, it's something to, to play with, not something that you have to, uh, force in many ways. Uh, you know, I, I, I still think I, I have to battle the, the performative things I see in porn. I have to battle ideas of what it means to be a man, a gay man, all these, these pressures I put on myself. And I have to conform in order to be, you know, a good sexual being or conquests I have to make or things, you know, but ultimately um, the best sex I've had has been when you're fully connected, open, vulnerable with a human being of any kind, right. you know, even if it's just a conversation, even if it's yeah. just uh, flirting, whatever it is. And, and I oh, think but that's where the juicy the, stuff starts, right? Because that, that's the exactly yeah. that's the communication becomes the moment. If you take away all that and you go straight into sex, it's like you're missing a huge part of this whole process. Yeah, it's funny because I, I think for so long, my my instinct has been just to, you know, have as much sex to as many people indiscriminately as much as possible as like a middle finger to the Catholic church, to conservative politicians, you know, you know, I think it was, it was my, my kind of, you know, anger fueled way of, of trying to have some sort of sense of control over mm. situations, which I felt so powerless against, you know? Um, but, but, but I think like, just like you're saying, and I, I was missing kind of, you know, dare I say the spiritual component in which you are connecting with a person in a moment of like, ultimate vulnerability and awe and connection um and that's the part that's been hardest for me to learn how to figure out and and, well, and, okay. and are they two different things though like can you just say like you you want to have like great love making with a partner you love <laughs> and have those vulnerabilities but then there's the other kind of the wham bam kind of thing and you want to <laughs> have hard sex right yeah no I, I think it's all uh, it's all spectrum you, you know you need different things at different points of your life right. at different aspects you want I, I think sometimes, sometimes yeah, yeah. Like yeah it's not to disparage any <clears throat> anyone who would any type of stick if it's if it's if you feel like it's something that's a a, a, a net positive in your life but I think for me personally um the thing that I was missing was like how do you actually connect with the a, a real human being how do you have a real human to human interaction that's something that I, I never saw modeled for me especially among two men uh and, and I think that's been the part where I'm very much more interested in in terms of like how do you actually have a spiritual connection with someone uh, when it comes to sex rather than kind of what I've been used to which which is much more of the wham bam kind of right. you know you know you know one and done which is great yeah. and fun but but 
um, ultimately I, I, I need more in my life is what I'm realizing. Yeah, and, and so that's great. I mean, so people who are listening, we're talking with Alex Liu here about Sexplanation, his film, and also really, you know, you're tapping into a whole nother area of this, the beautiful side of the spiritual connection that we lack and we, we are deprived of in our basic fundamental sex education, wherever we take it. So let's take one more quick break and we'll come back and we'll continue talking and hopefully we can dive deeper into this. So don't go away. Welcome back, K2H. I'm here with Alex Liu, doc, uh, director of Sexplanation. And we're discussing a lot of stuff, you know, whether it's personal or public or private. The thing is, today, we are almost going backwards. Not almost, we are. You know, we already have a lack of sex education. And now we have the overturn of Roe versus Wade. And we have all these kind of crises in terms of what's going on with our bodies, like who's controlling our bodies. Alex, what do you what do you have to say about what's going on? And, and how do you think that plays into our sex education today? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think you're right, we're, we're moving backwards in a way that that unfortunately has, has been a, a, a concerted movement over the past 50 years of, of conservatives in the Republican Party uh, around, um, you know, uh, what it means in, in today's society to, to be a full equal human being. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of nuance to this conversation. Uh, but but I do think we are having a debate about ultimately who deserves sexual pleasure and deserves the right uh, to 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 be a full sexual being and who doesn't right I, I think mm. you know I I I constantly just think about you know <laughs> the the to me at least the vision I have for the world uh, is that we should all be able to have sex like a straight male does. And have as many, and, and and the consequences should be the same, right? So, so I think, you know, m most straight men, uh, you know, when 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 they have sex, they, they are not left with a possibly permanent change to their body, you know, they're they're, mm. they're usually uh, not not the receptive partner in sex, so they are less susceptible uh, to to risk and disease, you know, and and I think um, ultimately, isn't that a to me, a better way, you know, uh, uh, if we all are to be equal, shouldn't we all have that exact same right, you know? Yeah. And I think when it when it comes to abortion, when it comes to sex education, uh, contraception, public health, you know, all these things, we those are necessary in order for all of us to have that same level of privilege, basically. Um, and, and so that that's kind of where I am, and and and, and that's kind of the way I I, I think. Um, to me, at least, that the battle is framed. It's interesting framed. that you say the word privilege because then it sounds like, you know, historically, you know, women have always never had the privilege of, of, of people recognizing pleasure as being something that we deserve, right? It's always been yeah. a shameful yeah. thing and God forbid you, uh, you know, and that's the, that, that goes back to what you were saying earlier uh, when we started that sexual values define a culture because then you look at all the silencing of women or non-binary bodies and what that says about the culture, right? Yeah, I, and I think, you know, uh, to me at least, um, I mean, I, I, I guess I would just ask maybe people, I, I think there's a certain group of, of people who are, who are never going to be open to an argument around mm -hmm. why we need abortion to, to, to have to ensure equality uh, among the sexes and genders. But, but I think, 
you know, ultimately I, I just ask people to think, you know, for most straight men, right. For most of human history, uh, sex to them and still continues to be a, a, a kind of more of a, a pleasure filled pursuit, right. It's always been something in which that they've got to, they kind of get to maximize the pleasure there. Um, and, and I guess my one argument is like, you actually will probably have even more better sex if the person you're with does not have the, the fear that, that, that somehow this inter interaction will be, will irrevocably change their life, you know? And I think that, that if, the, if the person you're with also feels like that, that the moment that you're having is full of that, of, of the privilege you've always had, it, it actually adds up to just a so much more kind of deeper, more pleasurable of connection. Absolutely. And, and that's, 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 that's the only argument I can think of well, that maybe can convince someone, change someone's yeah, mind. No, because I'm going to just share like, you know, my experience when I was in Hong Kong is when I, I, I once dated this one local Hong Kong guy. And I, I realized that a lot of Chinese from Asia or a Asians from Asia. I, okay, this is really mm -hmm. sounds really um, generalizing. But, you know, from my experience, <laughs> uh -huh. I felt that a lot of the Asian men over there, um, you know, you can blame it on the culture or blame it on the social, whatever belief system, but they were never, they never knew how to or cared to pleasure women. And so you think about all the deprivation of women who never knew that there could be like going back to my story about woman on top, right? Who never had a climax in 10 years of marriage. So this deprivation, and what does that say? Like, why are we um, keeping women or non-binary or whoever, you know, just why are some people mm -hmm. left to be quiet about um, the, the lack of pleasure? And, and to your point about having pleasure and how that actually increases the, the sexual gratification and, and experience for both parties, if you have, if you give pleasure to both parties. Right. Yeah, and, and I think, yeah, I think it, it does make a certain amount of, of sense to have these values if your main goals are, uh, you know, population growth, you know, if, right. if your main Fundamental goals survival are, kind of things, right? Right, right, are building a civilization. Right, um, right. But, but I think we have to be clear, like, what is the world we actually want to live in today? Um, and, and do you actually value... Um, you know, sexual pleasure for all. And, and I yeah. think if that is something you value, um, you know, the only thing you can do in your little, you know, cause you, you can't boil the ocean. It, it is a small incremental step, I think, but, but, you know, hopefully when you see the film or if you, the, one of the main messages of the film is that, that take, if you can take that little baby step to be a little more open and honest and vulnerable with the people you trust and love about your needs, about your desires, about who you are, about what you want, um, if you do a little bit of that every single day, yeah. month, week, whatever it is, um, you'll be amazed in, 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 you know, for me, it's been a 20 year journey since coming out. You'll be amazed at the life you now have and how much the people around you are more receptive, more understanding and open, how you're able to advocate for what you want and get the life you want. And, and through those slow changes, I mean, you can see it with the gay, queer, trans rights movements, how far it's changed in such a relatively short amount of time. Uh, but it took little individual steps of people coming out a little bit of who they are right. to do that. And, and, and that that to me is the, the one way we can start to build 
a, a, a true culture shift in terms yeah. of getting people to understand. I, I honestly think a lot of, you know, I, I, I don't want to give straight men uh, too much rope, but I do think <laughs> a, a lot of them are just, they've just never heard the experience. You know, they're just ignorant. And I think a like, lot okay, of people so are don't... just ignorant. Right, right. You know? But, but, but they're open if you can if if you can present it to them. Yeah. So that okay, so that's the key presenting. I think I think we need to have these conversations where you include straight and gay people together mm -hmm. to talk about these details because sometimes it's more like you you know you silo yourself off by saying you know you have these great scenes in the film where you're talking with your friends around dinner about you know mm -hmm. sex and it's very comfortable, but you're in your own community. But if we have right. Um, uncomfortable conversations with people who are not in our own kind of, you know, safe sphere. Um, how do how does that open up or not open up? I don't know. Like, do can we learn from I, each other in that way? I, I think it does take. Um, you know, I, I a lot of times people ask me, like, you know, my family is super conservative. I want to come out to them. How do I do it? Mm -hmm. And 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 it is. There are some. Uh, my my advice is always like. You know, you know your family better than I do. Some people are just not open to the conversation. They're not willing. They're not there. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think, you know, I, it is the kind of the, the cliche, you know, start locally. You know, I think, I mean, just start with the people who, you know, are yeah. on your own tribe, your own side. You know, it, yeah, it's devastating sure. to me to think of like partners, people who have been in committed relationships for decades who have never once uttered a sexual desire of theirs to the person who yeah. they share a bank account with, you know? I so, know. you know, start there, start there. Okay. Um, to build up the, cause you need that tribe who, you know, will support you no matter what. Right. And right. then once, once you, once you develop that, you know, then you can start to venture out because, because, but if you don't have that foundation, you know, it, it's, it's a lot to handle because some people are not willing to hear it. And I, I do think, you know, now that I've gone through this process and I'm so open and honest with everyone and very public about it, having conversations with the more conservative members of my family, having conversations with more conservative people in my life, yeah. uh, coworkers, you know, what have you. Um, my advice is always start with listening. You know, I, I think what most people just want is to be heard. And, and if you can, um, you know, just, really dive in to ask questions why do you think the way you think what is yeah. the basis and and if they feel like that you don't have to agree in fact i pretty much disagree with my conservative right. family members on everything yeah. but if you can make them feel heard that you at least validate that that okay i hear what you're saying i understand where you're coming from let me repeat back what i'm hearing and why you feel this way you know and and it okay. becomes very understandable and you and i see you as a human being here's where i'm coming from can I ask you a question, a hypothetical? Please, please. So this would be like, because you've never had sex with a woman, and <laughs> right. maybe you've had like chats with um, girlfriends who talk about their sex life to you. Uh -huh. But my question to you, because I have this ongoing kind of conversation in my brain, I'm trying to, I'm fascinated by this, uh, this, um, this topic of having sex during a woman's period, because that's okay. something that happens. Um, you know, culturally, there are a lot of influence that affects how you view that. Like most, some people, some cultures think it's dirty, right? It's, it's, it's a curse. You cannot do that. And some people think, well, that's, it's a very lubricating time. It's probably, <laughs> and you're actually hornier while you're having uh -huh. hormones all raving. Uh -huh. So there are so many kind of things. So just from your perspective, when you listen to that, like, what are your thoughts on like people who engage in sex when somebody's menstruating? I mean, I, I think as long as it's consensual, I, I think there's, right. there's, it's, it's, it should be a playground. You know, I think yeah. there, there are ways to, to deal with almost anything exactly. sexually. 
and and and, and you know and it, and it's in that discussion and negotiation uh, talking very openly honestly about how it makes you feel what you think the concerns you have from the smells to the sights to the yeah. sounds yeah you know, the more you're able to talk about all of those things yeah. the more you'll be surprised how things you previously were terrified of can start to turn you on I, I think it's and to just have that connection with someone in which you're being so open and honest and it's being reciprocated uh you know i think that that's so rare and such a such a beautiful thing to find yeah. I, and if you can build that that then gosh i mean just think right. about how great the sex is if everyone is in uh, agreement about how amazing an experience could be exactly and it goes back to that communication so on the more serious side i just wanted to wanted to include this before we end our conversation because sometimes you know as much as we are celebrating pleasure and the the need for us as you know deserving sexual pleasure right all individuals um there is the other side where is the danger of people mm -hmm. who have you know um um, unhealthy thoughts, the ones who are like pedophiles, for example, yeah. like this, um, people who are kind of really um, on the dangerous spectrum right. from whatever media sources or whatever their brain mm -hmm. works. So what do you have to say about that? And how do we pull that into the conversation? Because obviously, we still have to be careful with how we engage with sexual activity. Yeah, that's that's a very difficult, nuanced conversation. And I think so there's there's two aspects to that. I think one aspect is um, the best way you can make children, people in general, abuse resistant is comprehensive sex education. Mm. You know, the studies are very clear and it makes common, it's common sense, you know, that when you, when you ask a lot of these predators, how do you pick your victim? Uh, the, the sad truth is they pick the people who clearly are not in communication with adults or trusted mm. people about their sex sexuality. You know, right. if someone cannot talk about the proper name for their genitals. Um, that's probably a kid whose parents, um, you know, just don't talk about these things. So they're easier to hide this stuff, yeah. you know, it's yeah. easier to keep them silent and it's easier to keep them, um, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's in the, in the worst possible way, it's, it's, it's yeah. easier to, to keep that secret. So, so that's one aspect to it. The other aspect to it is, is, uh, it's, it's a difficult situation, but if your goal, and I think this should be the goal, is to prevent as much abuse as possible, is you have to provide people with the aspects to talk about these thoughts and feelings. Mm. So, so I think it is um, making sure that people feel like that they can talk to people about them before they act on them, you know, yeah. because what what's going to make someone act on something is when you suppress and repress, right? You know, it's like, don't think of an elephant. All you can think of is an elephant. Mm -hmm. If you have nowhere to put those thoughts and feelings, yeah. they go into the worst possible darkest exactly. ways. Exactly. So how do you do that? I don't know. I, I, I'm not a policy expert on the matter. It, it would yeah. require a huge culture shift in a way we talk about these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, th I think the evidence is clear that the only way you can because you can't change these people, you know, right. it's, it, it's who they are. Mm. But, but if, but if you want to have any hope of preventing abuse, you have to provide them a safe outlet of someone to talk about these yeah, and know. how to manage it. Because I think you would also, you know, I think I was surprised to learn a lot of people who have pedophilic tendencies or desires. Um, they know it's bad. You know, they're not they're They know right. it's, it's awful and horrible. And, and they can't but, control themselves. 
but but they don't know it's it's so taboo to talk about yeah you know? right so it re- reinforces it that, reinforces that that, that, mental... that, that, that feeling and and, and right. thankfully sex therapy psychiatry psychologists psychiatrists are, are yeah. so much more widespread and there's so much greater access to that and i commend you for having a really yeah. uh, rich team of, of of medical and psychotherapeutic type mm-hmm. of um you know professionals on your research for your film so that was really great i just want to end up um end with one lighter note um you know i think we need to normalize the vocabulary uh of of sex and sexual pleasures right i mean you mentioned earlier that you said that you were um being kind of critiqued for saying the word clitoris somewhere like that was the bad word <laughs> yeah right um i would just remember you know i did the vagina monologues when i was in hong kong oh, and amazing. we did it in chinese and oh better I had, to, <laughs> I had to learn how to say clitoris in chinese yeah. <laughs> but um the word vagina you know, was not in China, in Hong Kong media, they didn't allow us to promote the, the title of the film because uh, wow. it was not appropriate <laughs> to say the word vagina. But hello, yeah, that's the name of the title, right? Right, right. And so they skirt around it a little bit and they try to say things like VV instead of vagina. Mm-hmm. And it just says so much. So if we can normalize words, penis, vagina, clitoris, right? And say it in a way that helps us to at least just kind of get the conversation going, we get past those, you know, stupid walls quickly right and yeah I mean, I mean when you think about it what is actually so bad about them you know what is actually inherently shameful about those body parts private yeah. sure shameful i don't know i don't I, you can't convince me no. um and i think it starts so early right i think we learn shame because people when you say the word clitoris and a kid senses every adult in the room tense up right that's, that's shame right so exactly. just just treating it like you would treat elbow eyes nose toes you know it's it's just a body part uh it's a sure it's a special body part um but but the more we can just treat it like every day the better but I guess it depends how the kids get that information. Cause I just, just a quick one. Um, when my younger son was like, I don't know, he was like five or something. And he hung out with his teenage cousins, teenage male cousins. <laughs> he came back one summer and goes, mom, what's a wet pussy. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the thing. If, if, if the adults in your life are not talking about these things, they're people, Kids are curious. They're Human beings are it. curious. They're going to get it somewhere. Oh, yeah. and, the, and they might get it from an untrustworthy source. So, <laughs> right. so I, that's why I tell parents, it, the alternative is not like keeping your kids innocent and pure and, and dirtying them. Oh, the alternative God. is that they learn that you are not trustworthy to talk about these things and they turn no, to worse places exactly. that, that that's the uh, that's a choice yes, you're dealing with. yes agreed yeah. so yeah there's a lot to do so with explanation, it's the beginning of like you know it's just a long road ahead and just kind of like dismantling all those myths and stigmas around um, and the shame around sex so brilliant on you um how thank people, you um see your film yeah if you go if you go to a sexplanation.com uh you, you'll get all the links worldwide about where you can stream the film uh, and, and yeah, uh, follow on social also at explanation at, uh, us explanation at, at all the social platforms. And you can see, we're going to be, we're actually going to be thinking about doing different screenings on the road th- th- this fall. Uh, so keep an eye out there. If you, yeah, you want to kind of see if you ever person. have a chance to come to university yeah. of Hawaii, come on over. Oh, we would love that. We would love that. We'll be we'll, we'll, right. we'll let you know. We'll wait for you. All right. Yeah. So this is Alex Liu, director of Sexplanation. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much. That was fun.